Hello, I'm Tim Rhodes, pastor of Bethel Baptist Church, and welcome to our morning worship service. Bethel Baptist Church is located on Kentucky Highway 36 in Frenchburg, Kentucky. You can find our website at www.bethelbaptistfrenchburg.com, and you can reach us at 606-768-3768 or 606-776-7360. If you'd like to write us, you'd like to know more about our church, you have questions, you'd even like to help and support, you can reach us at Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, 40322. I trust you'll enjoy our service and perhaps be part of our ministry. But God bless you as we join our morning worship service. Please turn with me to... Uh, Matthew 14 is a familiar passage. Um, maybe we'll look at it a little differently, but uh, very familiar. One of the great passages of Scripture. One of those with so many lessons in it. In verse 22 of Matthew 14, a straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and to go before Him unto the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit, or that's, they were saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Father, we thank you for your word and its truth and power. And as we study together, I pray you would change us. Convict us, challenge us. And Father, I pray that every word spoken is yours and not mine. And that your will is done, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, there are many things in this passage for us to learn. Um, the example of salvation maybe is the, the one most often used, and that is... Peter shows us a picture of salvation, and that is a person who is sinking, who realizes they're sinking, who realizes they're perishing, and they have no hope, and there is Jesus, their only hope, not their own swimming and ability, not those on the boat, not any other thing, but there he is in front of him, and he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches down and pulls him out and saves him. That's a pure picture of salvation 
where we're all sinking in sin. We're perishing without hope. And we can't save ourselves. There's no one else who can save us. But there's Jesus. And we cry out to him like in, in Psalm 40, the picture there of in the horrible pit in the miry clay. No hope, no help around. Nothing. No one can do anything for us. But there is Jesus. And we cry out, we don't have a lot of theology. We don't know what to do. We're not going to church. We don't have, we have time for one thing. Lord, save me. And he reaches down and rescues uh, Peter and that's salvation. Uh, we also could talk about uh, the Lord Jesus. We could talk about him and his need to pray. And we could think, well, wait a minute. If the Lord Jesus goes apart by himself... And he's praying like that, like he did uh, times when he'd pray all night. We think, wow, maybe I need to pray. Yeah, maybe you do. Maybe we all do. Maybe we need to take this thing called prayer more seriously. Or we could talk about Jesus sent them. He said, you go to the other side. He didn't say you go into the middle of the sea and perish. He said, you go to the other side. And so it's a matter of trusting Jesus in spite of the storm. So there are several messages from this great passage. But the one this morning I want to talk to you about is our comfort zones. I don't know if you have comfort zones. And maybe you don't even understand what they are. But this is a definition of a comfort zone. It's a psychological, and don't worry about that word, but it's our state in which we feel familiar. Things are familiar. We feel familiar. We feel comfortable. We feel at ease. We feel under control of things. And we have in our comfort zone low levels of anxiety, low levels of stress. We feel comfortable. That's our comfort zone. I think Steph is trying to change me. <laughs> don't applaud. I don't know if you know that I'm sort of a creature of habit. I borderline sometimes maybe on some OCD tendencies. Yeah, I know. That's a surprise to some of you. But I have comfort zones. And she's trying to change me with things. I mean, even like when I drive somewhere, I've, I've got a routine. If I go to Lexington, I have a routine. Well, she lived there for several years and worked there, and so she knows all these shortcuts. And she said, if you go here and here and here, and I just hit New Circle Road because that's my comfort zone. As bad as the traffic is, as bad as, uh, that's my comfort zone. I'm not comfortable down this side street and over in this street and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes she'll get me on one of those and she'll say, see, that was faster, is easier, didn't have traffic. I don't feel any better. <laughs> I feel like I'm out of my comfort zone. Or she'll want me to go to different places or eat different things. It's like she's trying to change me. And I don't like to get out of my comfort zones. But here's the other side. Oh, here's the other side of a comfort zone. 
You see the one side where less anxiety, uh, less uh, worry, you feel at ease, uh, you feel comfortable. But here's the other side of comfort zones. We become trapped in these comfort zones of supposed comfort. We get ruled by our habits. Do you understand that? You ever think about that? That you're under the control of your habits. We get stuck in a rut. And we perform below our potential. We have potential to do other things and bigger things and better things. But we get stuck in a rut. You miss out when you won't leave your comfort zone. You miss out on opportunities. You develop a fear. A fear of getting out of your comfort zones. Now let me just give you a real example right here that happens every Sunday. You already know, don't you? Yeah. Because in our, in our invitation, there's sometimes I know the Holy Spirit is convicting you about you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to get out of that pew. You need to get out of that row because God has asked you to pray for somebody. And you won't move because you're comfortable back there because nobody is going to think or wonder what are you praying about? What's wrong with you? What have you been into? And so every Sunday, there are some of you who may be experiencing comfort zones. You're comfortable there. And you don't want to be here. And it goes farther than that. We get comfortable in our church. You're comfortable here because nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to persecute you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nothing's going to happen to you in here. Oh, maybe somebody doesn't speak to you and you, you think it's a big deal. And they, they just, they were preoccupied. Or some little something may happen. But nothing's going to happen to you in here. This is your comfort zone. But man, out there. No way we're going to go out there. Because out there, it's uncomfortable. Somebody might make fun of you. Somebody might rebuke you. Somebody might call you out. And so, you'd rather stay in your comfort zone. Now listen, sometimes we'd rather stay in our comfort zone as tell somebody about Jesus. We'd sometimes rather risk someone being lost and going to hell as to get out of our comfort zone. Now you know that's the truth. It's hard, but it's the truth. In our story, we see this. Peter, his faith overcomes his fear. Comfort zones develop fear. Because you get so comfortable in this zone, 
You're afraid to go somewhere else, afraid to do something else. You're afraid to just step out and see what God might do. Peter's faith overcame his fear. He had the storm. He had the impossibility of doing what he was asking to do. But when Jesus said, come... He knew Jesus well enough and trusted Jesus enough that when Jesus said, come, he stepped out of the boat on the water. That takes some faith. That takes enough faith to get out of the comfort zone. The other 11, their fear overcame their faith. Now you getting this? Peter's faith overcame his fear. The rest of them, their fear overcame their faith. They stayed in their comfort zone. Now you wonder about this. All right, they were in the boat, right? The storm was raging and they were afraid. So why would you stay in the place where you're afraid? Jesus was there. They chose to stay in the boat where they could perish in the storm. They should have gone to Jesus also. And why, if they saw Peter jump out of the boat and start walking... Why didn't they do the same thing? They'd been with Jesus. Why, why didn't they jump out and say, look at this. Look at Peter. Let's go. Maybe they're concerned about their own faith. Maybe. Well, we can say this about their actions. Peter got out of his comfort zone and experienced a miracle. Amen? He experienced a miracle. He got out of his comfort zone. He put aside his fear because of his faith, and he saw a miracle. He did a miracle. You can't walk on water. You realize that? He did. Just like Jesus. He did a miracle. He saw a miracle. He experienced a miracle. Someone wrote a, bo a, a book a few years ago called you can't walk on water if you don't get out of the boat right you can't walk on water if you don't get out of the boat now imagine this what if abraham wanted to stay in his comfort zone he lived there in ur and the lord said i want you to get out of your comfort zone and i have a place i want you to go well, where? I'm not telling you. I'll tell you when you get there. I just want you to go. What if Abraham had just stayed in his little comfort zone and been unwilling to go do something to obey God and, and through obeying God, look what he did through Abraham. He was willing to obey God and go, even though he didn't know where he was going. He was willing to get out of the boat and go follow God. 
What about Moses, his comfort zone? While we may not say it's much of a comfort zone, it's where he felt safe. It's where he felt uh, comforted. He was there in the desert and God sent him to confront Pharaoh to lead his people out. That's daunting. What if he had stayed in his comfort zone? Look what God did, how he used him. James and John literally did get out of their boat, leaving their profession, leaving their nets, and leaving their dad sitting in the boat to follow Jesus. And there are many others, of course, we could talk about who got out of the boat. They left their comfort zone to follow Jesus, to obey God. We have such fears that we develop in the comfort zone. We don't want to get out. We don't want to do something. We don't want to see the opportunities. We don't want to see God work. We're afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid. And so it's a comfort zone of our home. It's a comfort zone of our church. It's a comfort zone of your very seat where you are sitting. Let's even get a little more trivial and minute that what in the world would happen if you ended up in a different seat? in the church I mean I wouldn't even be able to preach there'd be such there'd be people who are angry there's people who couldn't worship you wouldn't listen to a word I said I mean it'd be crazy what if you just you're in such a comfort zone you can't even worship if you were in a different seat you walk in and you count them. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, right here. When we took everything out for the watch night service, when people were coming in, and all the Bibles and stuff were out there, I was able to put almost every single one of them in the place they go because I know where you sit. I know... I would call you absent if you ended up in some other place because that's where you are. That's where you sit. That's your comfort zone. God forbid if you'd get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere else and try to worship. Listen, it won't hurt you. You might even look at it from a different viewpoint. This side might be better than this side of me. You might say, look at that. That's a little different. <laughs> or David, you should see him from this side. <laughs> Listen. This morning, listen carefully. You need to overcome your fear and get out of your comfort zone. You need to be willing to follow God, whatever he says. Whatever it is, you need to be able to follow Him and obey Him. Do you believe Him or not? I mean, if you've trusted your soul to Him, don't you think He would help you do whatever He calls you to do? Amen. Don't you think He would protect you and use you? 
Overcome your fear, get out of your comfort zone with these three things. Let's quickly look at these. One, dispel disillusionment. You know what disillusionment is. You know how we get deceived by things. You know how we make things bigger than they are. Dispel disillusionment. You know they thought Jesus was a ghost. That's how their mind worked. It was a ghost. And so they're already afraid of the uh, 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 afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid of this person walking on the water. You know how we are with worry. We worry about things that don't happen. Right? You spend a lot of time worrying about things that don't happen. And in our worry, we make them worse than they are. We create fear in our minds. We create fear in our minds. For instance, you know that the unsaved, and if you're here without Christ, maybe you've done this. You know the, un, the unsaved think about what they have to give up rather than what they gain. That's disillusionment. That's being deceived. That's falling right in the hands of Satan. You think about, well, I've got to give up this. I've got to give up this. I've got to give up this. What you need to think about is this. Quit thinking about what you have to give up and gain. And think about what you gain. Forgiveness of your sins. Heaven. A Savior who loves you, who will meet every need you have. To be able to have peace and joy and all of these things. To be comforted, to have the Holy Spirit, to have the Word of God. And on and on and on and on. And what you have to give up, whatever it is, does not compare with what you get in Jesus. That's disillusionment. You're deceived. You need to not think about those things. But the devil does the same thing. Oh, but what if you do that? Oh, what if you take that step? Oh, what if you make that move? Could be bad. It could be bad. Dispel disillusionment. Secondly, defeat distractions. It says that Peter, in verse 29, when, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. What a miracle. Amen? Amen. Walking on water. But then, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. You know what happened? This is what we do. We focus on the storm not the Savior. We focus on our problems, not the power of the Lord Jesus. All of us are going to have storms. All of us. Maybe you're in one now. Maybe you just came through one. Or maybe we're headed to one soon. We never know in this life. This life is, well, there's a curse on this world. 
sin has just ruined this world, and, and so bad things are going to happen. But when storms come, you will either focus on the storm or on the Savior. If you focus on the storm, it's going to be a big storm, and you're going to have a little God. Or you're going to focus on the Savior, and there's a big God and a little storm. In Matthew 8, when they, the disciples were in a storm there, and they thought they were going to perish, they said this about Jesus. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? In this passage then, they worshipped him and said, Surely you are the Son of God. The difference is, they'd been with Jesus. They began to trust him and they began to see things that would happen. And that's what we need to do. Don't focus on the storm. Focus on the Savior. It's like he was walking on the water. Okay, that's already a miracle. But he wasn't walking on the water when it was a nice, smooth uh, uh, lake, sea, with no problems. But when there was a storm going on, he was walking on the water. Because of Jesus. So defeat your distractions. What are the things that would distract you and take your eyes off Jesus? We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. About uh, looking at other things other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the comments made was, we stay so busy. We stay so busy. I saw a quote this week that says... If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And so we get busy, we get distracted, and we stay in that little comfort zone rather than come out, get out of the boat, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. There are opportunities out there. There's things for you out there. There's blessings for you out there. You can't just stay all huddled up under your blankie. Isn't that where you like to be? Get your blanket, sit down in the recliner, and be comfortable. There's things out there that you can do. There's things out there the Lord has for you. There's opportunities for His ministry. There's chances for you to be Jesus to people who need to see Him so badly. And number three, destroy doubt. We can't say, look, it's like one of those, it's, it's one of those things like this, where Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So there would be no doubt. Love is sometimes an emotional thing. When true love is a choice thing. You don't always feel the emotions of love. You love because you choose to. It's the right thing to do.
There's nothing about me that would cause Jesus to love me. There's nothing about me that would reach his emotions and say, Tim, I love you. It's because he chose to love me and to go to the cross for me and to meet my needs and to pray for me every day. It's incredible to know that my Savior prays for me every day. But we can't trust Him. We can't say we trust Him and then be afraid to make any move. We can't say we trust Him and then stay there in the boat while He's saying, come. You can't. You can't doubt Him and say you trust Him. If you trust Him, you'll follow Him. If you trust Him, you'll obey Him. Sometimes we even try to trust ourselves more than Him. It doesn't work. You know, as, as we preach to sinners, we want them to be saved. We want them to be saved so badly. And we just tell them, just take a step of faith. That's it. You can be saved. You can, I mean, we, we have deacons down here. They're going to pray with you. They'll answer your questions. They'll lead you in a prayer. I mean, we want you to be saved. Just, just take a step. Just move out of that aisle. Just take a step and come. If you would come, you'd be saved. It'd be the greatest thing to ever happen. But Christians, take a step. Just move. Just get out of the boat. Get out of your pew. Just get out of your comfort zone and see what God will do in your life, in our church. Just be willing to take a step. Come here. Is there anything magical about this altar? No. It's just a matter of that you would be willing to take a step. That you're willing to come in front of people and pray or make a commitment or ask forgiveness. Just get out of your comfort zone. God wants to use us in so many ways. I told you Steffi was trying to change me and get out of my comfort zones. And she bought me this coffee mug. You, you don't fool with a guy's coffee. You, you don't fool with a guy's coffee mug. That's sacred. That's my comfort zone. She got me this mug. And it's like green or something. And it says. (laughs) 
Great things never come from comfort zones. There was a boat of disciples. A boat of people who were following Jesus. But when it came time to prove their faith, to get out of their comfort zone, only one would do it. If you're willing to be his disciple, then you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. And it, mean, it may mean getting out of your comfort zone. It may, be able, it may mean following him completely, totally, blindly to where you're going and what's going to happen. But when he says come, the answer is what? It is go. It is go to him. It is to obey him. If you love him, obey him. If you trust him, obey him. Get out of your comfort zone. He may be speaking to you today. If you're not saved, run, push Shove, get out of that row and come to Jesus. Christians, he may be speaking to you the same thing. Knock somebody over if you have to, but get down here and say, I will follow you. I will obey you. I will go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. God bless you.